Welcome to the Authentically Me in the Bible podcast. I'm your host, Tenley, and here's where I talk through and process scripture as I study the Bible. You'll experience my raw thoughts and ideas. Join me on the talk and share your thoughts. This isn't a place of criticism, but learning and digging deeper. Hey, friends and family, saints and ains, and believing that those ains will be saints soon enough. And this episode is for all of you guys. So first of all, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Are you excited by the title of this episode? Because I'm excited to talk about it. There are so many questions believers have, whether you are coming to Christ for the first time or you have been a believer for most of your life. It doesn't matter. We always have questions. I'm going to go through five questions that have come up, not just in my journey, but with other people that I've talked to, questions that have come to me through DMs or emails. And these, are th- these I think, are important things to think about. So let's just get into it. I'm going to get straight into it. I'm not, I'm not going to do any more intro information. So the first question I have on my list is sin. What if I sin? All right. So whether you are a Christian or not, we are sinning. <laughs> we all sin every day over and over again. Some we intentionally do and some we don't even realize that we've done because it's just become a habit. But Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Matthew 18, Peter actually asked Jesus, how many times can my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times in a day. So that was his question to Jesus. But Jesus replied to him and said, I tell you, up to seven times 70. All right, so you're going to do the math. I don't even know what that is. Let me let me do the math quickly. Seven times 70, 490. All right, we are going to sin many more times than that, and we are still called to forgive. We, just because there's an actual figure did not mean that we actually had to count 490. No, no. The, the true meaning of that means on and on. If Jesus is telling us to forgive, then... God is going to certainly forgive us. There are no limits. There's no number restrictions to how many times we should forgive others and others will forgive us because we are human. We are going to sin. In 1 John 1 verse 8, it tells us that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In us. It goes on to say in verse 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now, this doesn't mean that we should freely and willingly go on sinning. We should never take advantage of God. If we repent and then go on the next day and do the same thing, with the thought that, okay, we're just going to be forgiven anyway, so what does it, what difference does it make? Then we really are not sorry. This, this statement is just an acknowledgement of the fact that we fail. So saying that, you know, we sin and we're not perfect, we are acknowledging that we fail. And that is when God will forgive us over and over again. We have to repent. We have to, um, we feel convicted and we go to God, not feeling guilty, but 
we are going to sin. We pray about it and we do our best not to continue sinning. It will happen. But when you continue to do the same thing over and over again, you got to question, why am I doing this? Why do I keep repeating it? And sometimes healing has to happen. Sometimes there's trauma that's associated to that that you got to work on. But at the end of the day, we're going to sin. And going to God and repenting, truly repenting for sin, he's going to forgive us. Number two, why do I keep getting attacked or tempted if I'm Christian? It doesn't make any sense. Like, why does this happen? Well, let me put it this way. Those who aren't believers, Satan already has a hold of. So what benefit is it to him to continue to tempt them or attack them? There's no work in that for him. Satan wants God's children. That's why we get attacked. That's why we get tempted. We are a challenge and he wants us. So put it this way. Put yourself, not that I want you to think of yourself as Satan, but if you think of it this way, if we already have something, are we going to go work to get what we already have? Or would we focus on getting things we don't have? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. But it's important to mention not everything is the enemy. Sometimes we blame things on the enemy that he really has no part in doing. Some things are just a part of life. Y'all want examples? You want to see what I, what I mean, what I'm talking about? Here's an example. I'm a mother. I work with mothers. And something that I hear a lot is, you know, the baby had me up all night. The baby isn't sleeping through the night. You know, the enemy is just tempting me. The enemy is just out to attack me. The enemy, is it's the enemy's fault, you know. No, no. It's not the enemy, honey. It's not the enemy, friend. It's just a part of life. Newborns, they are not going to sleep through the night. They have no sense of night and day. So. You can't blame the enemy for things that are naturally going to happen. All right. You're not a mother, so you have no idea what I'm talking about. Here's another practical example. You run out of gas while you're driving. No, friend, that's not the enemy. Common sense says you saw the gas tank was running low. You didn't go and fill it up. What's going to naturally happen? You run out of gas. Or... You're on your phone while you're driving, and y'all know most of you do this, and then you get into a car accident. God forbid. I'm just using this as an example. But that car accident wasn't the enemy. Your own actions caused that. That's called distracted driving. So sometimes, some things are our own negligence or just a part of life. It's not always the enemy. So we got to stop blaming the enemy for things like this. Okay. So the third question, can I listen to secular music? Now, this is a controversial topic and I am going to give my opinion on it. I know not everybody's going to agree with it and that's fine. That's fine. But here are my thoughts on it. This answer for me is a yes or And a no. You have to know what kind of influence music has on you. Again, my opinion (laughs) to a new Christian, I usually recommend them either cutting down on listening to secular music 
or in some cases, completely cutting it off and filling your playlist with more Christian gospel music. There are so many praise and worship songs, gospel R&B, gospel rap, Christian country, all kinds of genres that are Christ-centered. Why is this my opinion? So I'm going to give you four things why I believe this is the way that you should go. So number one, this is an extreme, so prepare yourself. Um, Certain songs, when you listen to the words, they're demonic. They welcome spirits. And their spirits are not things to play with. Okay, so they're not just the words sometimes. Sometimes there's also voices in the back. Sometimes it has the, the words that are being spoken. If you reverse them, then they're actually saying something else. In the, the beat, um, sometimes there's voices that are muted or lowered or lowered so you can't hear it. And these are demonic things that are probably being said or chanted. And you would never know this by just listening. You would literally have to play with, if you are, I don't know what they're called, one of those musical people who deal with audio and all of that, you would understand and you would know how to play with that. But to a usual person like you and probably most of me and most of you out there who don't deal with audio playing and whatever the actual professional terminology is for it, we would never know. And then the second thing is, Cursing and some of the content that we listen to in songs, the lyrics, encourage violence or non-Christian-like behaviors. Okay, I think that speaks for itself. Why are we listening to something that is promoting violence or behaviors that are not Christ-centered? Number three, sexual music. This can cause temptation. Now, if you're single and you're listening, it may cause you to feel lonely and want to experience a sensual, sexual touch. You want to have somebody touching your body. Temptation. Now, if you're married, you may be listening at the wrong time, maybe experiencing some marital issues and cause you to think about another person. Now, with that said, I'm all for listening to love music in the bedroom. Bring it on with your spouse, with your spouse. And again, this is my opinion. Not everybody shares the same belief. So, and then number four is other songs about love and your feelings about situations. I'm all for that. I'm okay with that. Some soul songs, you know, um, like when you talk about your feelings about certain things, you loving someone, like I'm okay with those kind of songs. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to if you feel convicted. My reasoning for telling, especially new believers, to stay away from secular music or to cut down on it is because I want you to focus on more Christ-centered songs, Things that will build your knowledge, your wisdom, your understanding of God 
And then also reading your Bible, doing Bible study, being a part of a community and spending time with God. Because when you do things like that, when your focus is on him, then you'll be able to develop discernment and have a better understanding of what to stay away from. Also, your spirit will be awakened and you may feel a way listening to certain things and you'll automatically know to turn it off. So when it comes to a new believer and you haven't been able to develop that discernment yet, this is my recommendation. But overall, I don't see a problem with it. You just need to know what you feel convicted about. All right. Number four. Number four's question is, does God hear my prayers? Yes, he does. I know it seems like you're talking to yourself sometimes, but I promise you, God hears your prayers. Psalm 139, 1-4 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. In a previous episode, I mentioned that every even tears are counted as prayers, that the name of Jesus If that's all you can say in that moment of distress in a prayer, it is a prayer. Now, as you can see in Psalms 139, it says, even before a word is spoken on my tongue, so God even knows what you are going to say before you say it. That should speak for itself. The Holy Spirit also prays for us. Romans 8 26 says and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness for example we don't know what God wants us to pray for but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words if that doesn't do it for you guys if that doesn't answer the question of God if God hears your prayers here's some more scripture for you 1 John 5 verse 15 says, And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have, we have what we ask of him. And Jeremiah 29, 12 to 13 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. I, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Key word here, y'all. Listen to that word heart. I want to get back to that. John 9 verse 31 says, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. First Peter 3 verse 12 says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, with that said, remember that word heart. With that said, Not everything we ask for, we will be given. God is not a fool. James 4 verse 3 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. Okay, so here's an example. You're unhappy with your wife, so you say, God, take her away and give me a new one. Huh? You're unhappy with your wife and you're asking God to do that? No, what's your heart posture there? Try and look at your situation, figure out what's going wrong, and don't always pray to get the other person changed. Say, God, what is it in me that needs to be changed? Okay, all right. Let's go on to another topic then. You have a car that's perfectly fine, but you want the newest Porsche that you can't afford, and you just ask God to give it to you. Friend, be realistic. 
Be a realistic. Search your heart. Find out the real reason you are asking for something. If it's for selfish desires, it most likely won't happen. Now, I'm not God. He makes the final decision. But I'm going to say it again. He is not a fool. All right, the last question that I have for you guys. Do I need to join a ministry? I know sometimes people ask this question. You know, you may be a part of a church, may not even be a part of a church yet. If you're not, community is important. Find yourself, especially if you're a new believer, find yourself in community. But say you are a part of a church, but you haven't volunteered or you haven't been a part of anything. Do you need to join a ministry? So first, let's look at what the definition of ministry is. What is ministry? What is being a part of ministry mean? It means devoting or dedicating and dedicating or or and your time to serving others. A lot of times this is within a church, but it can also be outside of the four walls of the church building. So you could be called to serve food to the homeless. You could be dedicating your time to helping and investing in couples, single mothers, visiting prisons, whatever it is. Um, It could, if you're inside the church, it could be, you know, the serving ministry, it could be on the choir, the praise team. You could be a part of the children's ministry, whatever it may be. Now, with that said, You have to understand that a lot of times we think getting involved is for other people, is for helping other people, providing a service, but ministry is for for others as much as it is for you. It transforms you. The things that you're exposed to, it helps you grow in community and in character. Example, so if you're working in the prison ministry, whether you decide to volunteer and go to the, to the prison yourself um, and do that, I don't even know if you can do that, I guess depending on the country, but whatever, you do it yourself or you are volunteering a part of your church's prison ministry. We think, okay, I'm going to go there, I'm going to help these people in the prison, I'm going to you know, bring them to Christ and let them know about who Christ is, they're going to get saved, they're going to get transformed, yada, yada, yada. Yes. You think that it's going to be for them. Your time, your service is going to be for them. But guess what? When you watch somebody get transformed, when you see the change in them, you get so invested and their transformation causes you to also transform in the way that you love others, in the way that you view people, your heart becomes bigger, not just for people, but for God. All right, so here's another example, praise and worship team. Have you been a part of praise and worship team? I have multiple churches. I've been a part of the praise and worship team. You're preparing for a Sunday or you're preparing for an event. And we sometimes believe that we are here to provide a service for the people. But that's not what your role is. Sometimes even in practice, as we're preparing for whatever it may be, that session of a practice session actually turns into our personal worship session. Practice actually turns into a moment of us spending time and crying out to God. And Sundays aren't just for the people. It's not a show. It's a moment for you and God as well. You may be helping to lead people into worship, but it's not for them. It is also for you. So you don't go on go on stage to put on a show for people. No. It is to worship God. 
Also, there's a belief that Christians are perfect. But in ministry, we see that Christians are human. You handle all kinds of personalities. You also see people who need healing. And sometimes these people end up covering up their own issues with spiritualizing things. So you see, you know, they have a, they're experiencing something and they say, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. Or, you know, God, God wouldn't do something like every situation that comes up, they try to cover it up with a God saying or something. Side note. Yes, God can heal, but sometimes things also need, need to be done in conjunction with therapy, counseling. They don't just go away. So sometimes you'll be exposed to these things in ministry too. And when you're exposed to them, it will build your character of how to deal with difficult people who are also Christian. Because we think that difficult people are just in the world, in our workplace, in the grocery store, um, in the bank, you know, lining up to get your driver's license. No, those are not the only times you're going to deal with some people who have some issues, who have some challenges. In the church, you're going to experience that too. But a lot of times they're covered up by spiritualizing things, with which isn't the right way to deal with them. So your perception of Christians are perfect, debunk that. They are human. They're going to make mistakes. They have their own problems as well. But people remember, at the end of the day, even if you are involved in ministry, this is the most important thing I want you to take away from what I'm saying, is that your family is your first ministry. So many times we hear about pastors dedicating their time more to the church than they do to their wives, to their children. They don't, that their wives and their children don't see them because they're constantly at church. No, no, no. Your first priority, your first ministry is not the church. It is your family. All right. So even if you decide to get involved with ministry, make sure your home is taken care of first before you go out into the road, before you go out into the streets, before you go out into the church, before you go into wherever you are that you are leading or being a part of your ministry. So I know I did a lot of talking here. Let's just do a quick review of the answers. Number one, sin. What if I sin? It's all right, friend. We all sin. God's going to forgive you. Number two, why do I keep getting attacked by the enemy, tempted by the enemy? Listen, we're a challenge for the enemy. He wants us. Those who are not believers, he already has. Can I listen to secular music? Okay, like I said, controversial topic. My answer is a yes and no, but it comes down to what you feel convicted about. Make sure you're spending more time with God, your Bible, your community. So when you do that stuff. You can develop discernment to determine if what you're listening to should be done or not. If you have a feeling that you need to turn it off, my recommendation is to follow it. Turn it off. Does God hear my prayers? Yes, he does. He hears it. I promise you, he hears it. Do you need to join a ministry? The, the, the need you decide if you need to join a ministry. You got to figure out what your heart is saying. Are you? Do you need to do it because somebody's telling you to do it? Do you have a desire to do it? Is God calling you to do it? At the end of the day, your first ministry should be your house, should be your home, not the four walls of a church. And it doesn't always have to be within a church. I know I have questioned these things in my own lives, in my own lives, like I have many, in my own life many times. And you probably have too. And there's probably many more of the questions that you have as a believer, despite how long you have been a believer. We all have questions and it's perfectly fine to ask questions. 
We have to talk about this is why we have community and this is why we have God. Asking God these questions and allowing him to reveal himself either through his word or audibly or through conversations with other people. Because sometimes, I don't know if you've ever realized, but when you ask God questions, we may not get our answer right away. And let me tell you this, does he hear your prayers? Yes, he does. But a delayed answer is an answer. It is he's probably just saying not right now sis not right now friend not right now daughter not right down right now son that is still an answer so he doesn't have to answer you right away and he can answer you in multiple ways through a simple conversation questions are okay what other questions do you have what are things that you have been pondering about ask them find somebody you feel is a trusted individual or Send me an email and ask me. I may not have the answer and that's okay. But guess what? We can go to scripture or we can go to people who may be more wiser, have more wisdom than we do to get the answers. We won't have it for everything. Or go to God, the source of all your answers. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for a day such as today. We thank you for your life and we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. We take this moment to confess all of the sins that we have committed, known and unknown. We declare you as our Lord, our Savior. And even as we continue on in our faith, that you have never turned us away for asking questions. Because as this podcast is trying to accomplish, it's growing deeper in our faith, growing deeper in the word, together as a community. God, I thank you for the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that you have provided me and you are providing to your children listening. I know I may not get everything correct, oh God, and I know they may not get everything correct, but you are so gracious that even when it's time for correction, that you will send correction for our misunderstandings, correction for our lives in a grace-filled way. Because we are human, we will make mistakes but you are a God that is loving and forgiving no matter what we do or no matter what we say. So we thank you, God, for all that you do and all that you will continue to do in our lives and help us to really dig deeper into ourselves and to focus on our heart posture when it comes to the things that we want to do, accomplish the places that we want to go and the people we want to get involved with. Help us to figure out what that means for us and if we are doing it with the right intentions. Father, even if we're getting involved in a ministry, allow us not to do it for attention. Allow us not to do it for others, but to do it to make sure we are serving you and serving your people, your children, the way that you have called us to. Father, I ask for a blessing to be put upon each and every individual and to cover them. Any pain that they may be experiencing, any doubt that they may experience within their faith, I ask you to remove it and to fill them with a renewed joy, a renewed confidence in themselves and in you and in their Christian walk. Thank you, God, for relationship and that through this conversation and through connection through with community and discussions that each and every individual will become closer in relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
questions as a believer is a good thing, y'all. As we went through in this episode, we talked about five questions that have come up, not just with me, but many other believers to see if we're on the right track. I don't know about you, but I've been told that I should not question the Bible, that I should not question things, and I should just leave it as it is. Either leave it as what the Bible says, even if I don't understand what the Bible is saying, or leave it as whatever the pastor tells me. No, friends. Question, research, ask God. It's a good thing. So if you've been there and you're questioning, continue to do so and dig deeper to build that relationship with God because I know where it's brought me and I desire that for you as well. Well, that's the end of this episode. You know what I'm going to say. If you liked it, let me know. I believe on Spotify that there is now an option or some question that asked you, how did you like this episode? If it's showing up and you listen on Spotify, let me know. Rate it, please. And don't forget to actually rate this podcast. I would prefer you rate it a five star. That's just me. Because when you do, at least from my understanding, that it will actually come up on other people's Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening to it as a recommended podcast. And I would love to get this message out to as many people as possible. This is not about me. This is about getting as many ain'ts as saints. Let's bring people into the kingdom of God. All right, let's do this. Let's get people into the faith. Let's get people to Christ. And I can do it not by myself. (laughs) I can do it not by myself. It is a community. It is a community. And with God's help, with the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that he provides all of us, we will bring people to the kingdom of God together. Thank you for listening, guys. Again, if you have any questions, email me at info at Tenley with the dash.com or follow me on Instagram. You can DM me at Tenley without the dash and I will be sure to get back to you. I'm a voice note person, so I may respond to you in a voice note. Depending on the mood that I'm in, I may text you back. Text you? Is that still called text on Instagram? Whatever it may be, you'll see some type of message response back for me. But I look forward to conversing with many of you listeners because I want to get to know you. Anyways, okay, I'm done. I'm done talking. I promise. I promise. I promise. I'm sending lots of love, blessings, and peace your way. Bye for now.